0: So before I start this morning, I just want to lay this out front and say that this was a really hard message to study. It was a hard message to learn about because it just challenged me in such a hard way. And I have to say, as I'm teaching this morning, I want everyone to know that I'm on this journey of learning with you. I'm far behind many of you, and I hope that as a church we can learn together this morning because it it really challenged me. And and it really made me think differently. But, uh, yeah, with that said, I'd like to jump in. I'd like to talk about leadership this morning. You know, there's a lot to be said about leadership. And there's a lot of different ideas of what a leader looks like, right? One Chinese philosopher by the name of Lao Tzu, he said that a leader is best when people barely know he exists. When his work is done, his aim is full, a good leader will say, I did it by myself. That sound like a good leader? That's what some might think is a good leader, to be way out in front, where no one can even hear you or follow you. Others, like businessman and writer Max Dupree says, the responsibility of a leader is to define reality. The last is to say thank you, and in between, like, our, like you said this morning, McKenna, is to be a servant in between is to be a servant. So you can see there's a lot of different ways to think about leadership and how to serve. But what I would like to focus this morning is what the Bible says about leadership and get an understanding of who can be a leader, who can be a leader, what a leader needs to know in order to lead, and practically how does a leader do that. To, bur- to learn about leadership, we're going to be looking at John 13 in the Bible. We're going to be looking at one of my favorite characters in the Bible. We talked about that. It's Peter. Peter's just such an interesting character in the Bible. I love Peter. And while we've been looking at Peter's life, what I really want to pay attention to this morning, keep our eye on, is the things that Jesus says, how Peter relates with his friend Jesus, and how Jesus taught Peter to lead. When, when Jesus first meets Peter his name is Simon right if we read the bible he had this name Simon and like any good friend Peter Jesus gave his friend Peter a nickname he gave him the nickname Peter which in that language meant petra or rock like a big boulder or stone so that's Peter's nickname so you're going to see both those names Simon and Peter Peter's his nickname nickname the rock how can you fail in life if your nickname is The Rock, right? How can you fail? This is a good name for Peter because he's hard-headed, he's brash, vacillating, and undependable. Peter loved to jump into things with both feet and then back out, you know, when things weren't going his way. Everyone knows someone like Peter. Peter's blue-collar, rough, outspoken guy. Even though Peter was a real piece of work with some real issues... Our very real Jesus says, says this in Matthew 16, 17, he will use Peter to lead his church. In fact, he says he would use people like Peter to build his church on them. He would use people like Peter. When Jesus says he will use Peter to lead in his church, it's important to point out that Jesus was not talking about leading a building with a steeple or leading a school gym. it's impossible to lead a building. Jesus was talking about leading people, right? That's a church. It, Jesus' definition of the church is the body of believers, of people who come together and serve in a community. And that group of people is not just here on Sunday morning. It's every single part of our life, right? Every single day, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Now, the foundation of the church, that's us as a people, is Jesus Christ. So the church belongs to God, and he will grow his church by his spirit for his good purpose. But if we know anything about the life of Jesus, we learn that he uses people just like Peter to lead in the church. So when Jesus says he will use Peter to lead in this church, he's also saying that's true, but he's also saying, I will use people just like Peter, that's us, to lead in the church, and that's where I want to camp out a little bit this morning, and find out how Jesus wants Peter to lead, and what kind of people does Jesus pick to lead in His church. And if I could, I get and get your put your hands up. I want all participate in this, even the kids. I'm going to ask a question first, <laughs> and to see if you have anything in common with Peter. Now, the, the first one is. Is anyone here hard-headed? I'm going to put my hand up because I can be... Oh, man. <laughs> we learned something about our community. <laughs> Jeff's got both hands up. <laughs> I'm going to put my hand up. I'm hard-headed. You know, if you're hard-headed, you're just like Peter. Um, does anyone here promise to do something and then kind of backed out, felt like they didn't want to do it? You put, put your hand up. Yeah? Okay? Yeah. Does anyone... Let's do an easier one. Does anyone like fishing? Put your hand up. Oh, Peter was a fisherman. He loved fishing. Um, you don't have to put your hands up for this, but has anyone been in prison? Pe- Peter was in prison. He was in prison for the gospel. So we can see probably everyone had their hand up. We can relate with Peter, right? And the interesting is, thing is that God wants to use you he wants to use us to lead his church. He wants to use people just like Peter to build and serve, lead in his church. So now you might be thinking, okay, if Jesus wants me to lead, what do I do? What does a Christian leader look like? Or maybe you're not even a Christian. Maybe this is Christianity is just something you're trying to figure out. Maybe you're saying, what, is the, what does a leader look like? You, we can learn from this. I'm glad you asked. Let's look at how Jesus taught Peter to lead. Um, Hours before Jesus' death, like we've seen in the examples this morning that we did with the kids, Jesus is down on his knees. He's washing his disciples' feet, right? And he says, now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should also wash each other's feet. I've set you an example so that you should do as I have done for you. And then Jesus keeps going. He says to Peter and his 11 disciples in John 13, he says, I give you this new command. So your parents ever give you a rule in the house that you have to follow, that you have to listen to? Any of the kids, your parents ever give you rules in the house? Yeah, the, Jesus is giving a new rule. He says to his disciples, this is a new rule. It's the most important rule. And here it is. He says in John 13, Love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love each other. Jesus says, because God loves us, because he loves every single one of us, we need to love each other. That's the what. That's what we need to know in order to be a leader. We need to love and care for each other. This is God's greatest command, love one another. And Jesus doesn't beat around the bush. In fact, in John 13, if we can get it up on the screen, he says it three times. He says, love one another, love one another, love each other. Love each other, he says, because I have loved you. You know, Jesus taught thousands of people, thousands of people. And he rubbed shoulders with smaller groups of a few hundred people. And he even had a small group of disciples the twelve, but above all, Jesus poured most of his life into people like Peter. Jesus poured most of his life into one-on-one relationships, and that's how he taught them to love and care for each other in personal, intimate relationships. Jesus actually spent forty-nine percent of his time—forty-nine percent of his time—in personal, intimate relationships with people. And as Jesus headed towards his death and resurrection, that number increases exponentially. That means it went up a lot. As Jesus went to his death, he was spending almost 100% of his time in personal, intimate relationships with people, caring and loving people. You know, there's, in 2005, when Hurricane Katrina came in and swept that, swept into the southern part of the United States, I don't know if you remember this, what happened is in New Orleans and, and some cities were completely destroyed along the coastal region. They're completely leveled. And people were running for their lives, looking for a place to go and, and hide out and to get help because they were hurt and and. and People were looking for community. They were looking for a safe place. And what they would do is, is they would come into places like this, in schools. And people would fill up the whole school of people. It would all be hurt and injured people. They'd be hurting and broken. And Red Cross would go in, and a doctor would come in, and he would walk in through the front door, all the hurt people, and he would start helping all the people, bandaging them up and helping them, and caring for people. And one day, a news reporter asked the doctor, he says, the room is full of people. It's a full gym. How do you help everyone? How is it that you can help everyone? The doctor said, it's simple. You start with one person. And that's what Jesus did when he led. He cared and loved for people in intimate relationships and in one-on-one relationships. You know, Jesus could have used flash mobs, huge groups of people. He could have used businesses, government to spread the love and hope of the gospel. He could have used them to lead, but he didn't. Why? Because the God of the universe and his son, Jesus Christ, are about relationships. And God wants to be in a personal, intimate relationship with us, with you, with me. He wants to be in a personal relationship with us. And our relational God wants us to be in personal relationships with people. Even with our faults. Even if we're hard-headed. Even with all of our baggage. He wants us to connect in community. Now, I have to tell you something. This isn't us. It's no one here. Maybe it's other churches. They tend to think that successful leadership is dependent on size. It's dependent on the size of your audience, right? Again, not us, but other churches have a corporate church model where they think you could walk into a building like the doctor and just put a bandage around everybody, right? You can't do that, though. You need, you need to be one-on-one. They, they think that you, can, you have to think big. You, you have to grow your ministry. You have to be perfect. You have to do all the right things. But Jesus' vision for leadership was quite diff- different. Uh, Greg Ogden, in his book Transforming Discipleship, says Jesus had a vision for leadership of a different sort. Jesus had enough vision to think small. There it is. What he means is the irony in that, in our attempt to reach the masses through mass means, we have failed to train people the masses could emulate. So, what he's saying is, as we attempt to lead people, we don't have anyone that people want to follow. So as we think about leadership, and we think we're leading in our community, are we worth following? Are we someone who lives a life 24 hours a day, seven days a week, that people want to follow? We have to ask ourselves this question. So Jesus teaches us and shows us that he wants to use me and you. That was the who. He wants to use me and you, like Peter, to lead in the church. And secondly, we figured out what a leader does, right? What a leader does, they care and love, for, care and love people. Take care of them, right? But I have to tell you, the who and what are really important things. They're really, really important to know about leadership. But we can crumple them up, throw them in the garbage, if we don't have the most important leadership quality of all, the most important of all, I want to keep reading in John and look at what it is. Right after his teaching about loving and caring for people, Peter and his disciples get in a fight about who's the best disciple in the whole wide world. They start getting in a fight. He completely missed the point. He starts fighting with other disciples and they're saying, you know, who who would sit at the right hand of Jesus and they're fighting about who's the best. And, and then later on, Jesus says, of me, Peter says to Jesus, yeah, I'll follow you. I'll, I'll, I'll let you lead my life, Lord. I'll be a leader. I'm ready to go to the ends of the earth for you, Peter says. I'll even go to prison for you. I'll even go to certain death for you, Jesus. I'll be a leader. So Peter says he got it. He got it. He got every part. He knew God was going to use him to lead in the church. He knew he needed to love and care for people, but he was missing the main point. Jesus says, I have to tell you, Peter, before the day is over, before this day is through, you'll completely forget what I taught you, and you'll even deny me three times. When the rooster crows today, you'll deny me three times. You know, Jesus is about to be arrested, to be questioned by the religious leaders. This is a time where Jesus will be taken away, taken away to stand trial in front of the the chief priest in a courtyard. So there will be a courtyard where Jesus will be tried. And Jesus is saying to Peter, when I am being interrogated without cause, you will stand at a distance and pretend you don't even know me. You'll forget everything I taught you. A few hours after his discussion with Peter, sure enough, a group comes, they arrest Jesus, they arrest him, and they take him away to to trial. And when Jesus is taken away, the rest of the disciples scatter, right? They scatter. Everyone takes off. They run away of fear of being seen with Jesus or being arrested themselves. But Peter follows far enough behind, doesn't identify himself with Jesus, but follows far enough behind not to be seen to the place where Jesus is questioned about his ministry, where Jesus is questioned about his ministry and his life. As Peter moves closer to get a closer look at Jesus, and I want to read the story in Luke today. When they seized Jesus, remember, they took him away to be tried. They, they seized him and took him away to a house of the high priest. Peter followed at a distance. And when some were there, had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat down together. Peter sat down with them. So Peter's sitting there with them. A servant girl saw him seated there, in the ser- and the servant girl saw him seated there in the firelight. She looked closely at him and said, This man was with him. This guy was with Jesus. But he denied it. He said, Woman, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know Jesus. A little later, someone else saw him and said, You also are one of them. You're one of Jesus' disciples. I know it. I've seen you with him. Man, I am not, Peter replied. But about an hour later, another asserted, Certainly this fellow was with him, for he was, he's a Galilean. I know i seen him hanging out with those disciples, and they were hanging out with Jesus. Peter replied, Man, I don't know what you're talking about. Just as he was speaking, the rooster crowed. The Lord turned. Remember, Jesus in the courtyard. They were just far enough away that Peter could see Jesus. The Lord Jesus turned and looked straight at Peter. They met eye to eye. Then Peter remembered the word that Jesus had spoken to him before the rooster crows today. You will disown me three times. And he went outside. Peter went outside. And he wept bitterly peter weeps bitterly peter falls down on his knees and is completely destroyed completely destroyed he realizes that he just denied his savior and lord and he weeps bitterly Peter completely disowns Jesus. You know, earlier that day, Jesus got down on his knees and he washed Peter's feet. He told him to love and care for the other disciples. Peter promised to follow Jesus to the very end. But when Peter completely denies Jesus, denies knowing him, and looks him in the eye, he realizes what he'd done. And he falls on the ground with his heart completely broken and weeps bitterly. And this brings us to the how, how to be a leader. That was the third one, how to be a leader. A leader needs to be completely humbled. A leader needs to be humbled. We have to be willing to give up every single part of our heart and mind to God and say, I need you, Lord. I need you to heal my heart that's split in two now when we see peter on his knees weeping bitterly we see the true peter we don't see him for his hard-headedness we don't see him for his denial we don't see him as the great leader of the church we see him with a broken heart of regret and repentance we see peter's heart completely broken and changed He goes from the proud, rock-like man to the vulnerable, broken, and humbled. And it's only when we have the profound sense of awareness of our own faults can we truly be called a leader. It's only when we have a profound awareness of our own faults can we truly be called a leader. A leader leads, like Jesus did, from their knees. A leader leads from their knees. Now, the story doesn't end there with Peter. It doesn't end in denial. It doesn't end with him on his knees. That's just the beginning. After Jesus' death and resurrection, after Jesus goes to the cross and dies for every single one of us and Peter, he's raised to life in in glory and Jesus spends some time on earth before he goes to heaven with his disciples. And he spends intimate relationship with his disciples and and he's they're eating together and we see that we pick it up at the end of john 21 in verse 15 where jesus reinstates peter when they finish eating jesus and his disciples are eating said to simon peter simon son of john do you love me more than these You love me more than these. Yes, Lord, Peter said. You know that I love you. You know that I love you. Jesus says, feed my lambs. Feed my lambs. Take care of people. Take care of people. Love and care for people. I want to build my church on you, Peter. I want you to lead and serve my church. In order to do that, take care of my lambs. Feed my sheep. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time... Again, Jesus said, Son of John, this is the second time. Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter answered, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus says, Take care of my sheep, take care of people, love and serve people. The third time, Jesus said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt. Now, Peter was hurt. Again, we see Peter's heart is broken because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. You know that I love you. Jesus says, feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. Jesus teaches us and shows us every single one of us, that he wants us, like Peter, to lead and serve in the church. We figured out what a leader does. What does a leader do? They care and love for people, right? And then the most important one, most important of all, is that a leader needs to have that sense of awareness of their own faults. We can only be truly called a leader when we're aware Of our own brokenness. A leader leads on their knees. We have to be willing to say, I need you, Lord. I can't do this myself. A leader needs to be humble. Jesus says, Feed my sheep, take care of people. It's only when we can only do that when we do it in complete humility. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we come to you as people who you know, we know, you want us to lead. You want each and every one of us to serve right where we are, to lead right where we are. As grandparents, as parents, even as kids, at work, on our street, no matter where we are in life, you want us to be a leader. As leaders, you want us to care and love people because you love us so much. You taught us how to do it. Now we can go and care for people. And as leaders, each one of us in the church, we need to be humble. I need to be humble. Teach me to be humble. Teach us as a church to be humble. Teach us to be aware of our brokenness and to bring our brokenness to you. And when we do... We know like you did for Peter as you reinstated him. You told him that you loved him. That you forgive him. That you died for him. You gave your life for him and for us. Even when we mess up. So that we can lead humbly. That we can lead caring and broken. Now now we can lead strong because we're broken in you. Lord, I pray as a church that we would be a people that would go out and serve in our community, that we would care and love for people in a way that people can't even imagine. And I pray that most of all, we would do it on our knees, that we would be willing to give up our role and our position and be able to fall on our knees to care for people. Because you, being very God, did that for us. Say this in Jesus' name. Amen.